All music that you're hearing in this episode was produced by Ari Clow himself. He is also known as Archimedes on Spotify. Go give him a follow. Let's get into it. Like what ultimately led you to pull the trigger on on quitting your job and and moving and like dedicating you know your full time adventure to this? Uh, it was the death of my sister, actually, and and I just yeah, there was no no amount of money that could get me to open up that computer and you know start coding. Uh, when I would rather be, you know, out biking all day or running or swimming. April Fools. <laughs> Is that how you start the podcast? Yeah, that's how we start the podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, Beer Mile Nation, to another episode of the Beer Mile Podcast. Today we've got Ari Clow on the show as our guest. You may know him from YouTube, originally probably from the athlete special videos on YouTube, but more recently he's growing his own channel. He's doing his thing as a triathlete. He's sharing some raw, crazy cool stories behind the scenes about his transition to full-time training, quitting his job, transitioning to the triathlon. We talked to him about betting on yourself. Yeah. uh, Making money off of YouTube in order to support yourself, living on savings to really truly follow the dream. Something that not many people are willing to do to, to completely quit their job, take on that risk of not knowing where your next paycheck's gonna come from, but really betting on yourself to uh, to see what you're capable of. Yeah, he definitely has, uh, he, he puts in a lot of detail as far as like the struggles that he goes through, both like financially as well as training mentality wise. Um, but it's super interesting story to hear and we probably will need to schedule another interview with him. Yeah, was, I think that was need, really fun. We need to follow up with him. We also started diving into how to make track a more exciting sport in general. And I think that one can be its own conversation yeah uh in and of itself so i think i think at this point that's just like as soon as i have one drink i'm like we need to make track and field better (laughs) (laughs) how do we do that let's talk about it awesome what else so besides talking to ari today uh chris i think has an apology i'm sorry y'all for april fools and i was just kidding although i wish i wasn't about the blue moon sponsorship uh also if you haven't gathered the Sidious Mag acquisition was fake, uh, but not to say that those things aren't going to happen in the future. Part of right. part of us talking about them is we're manifesting. manifesting them. You know, I tagged Blue Moon and everything, and word is from someone that I know that knows someone right, that knows someone that works at Blue Moon. Who, is, who the fuck word are you talking is, about? Word is that they saw the video. Actually, uh, word is. I know a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy. So I'm, right. I'm three generations removed. Right. But Listeners, I am trusting Chris with this. Take <laughs> take that with however many grains of salt you want. But the weekly Blue Moon shipment was really just me stocking up on Blue Moon myself. So I will be drinking Blue Moon for quite several a, episodes now. Uh, so kicking that off right here. But at the end of the show, in the outro, the beer of the week is actually not Blue Moon. Blue Moon is the during the show beer. The Your beer of the driver. week. Thank you to Ryan of Wisconsin for sending us three different beers to try uh, on the podcast. We're going to be drinking super well these next three episodes. We're going to do one beer per episode, taste it, review it live uh, during the outro. So the choice for today that we will be trying for the first time at the end of the interview with Ari is the Fifth Ward Brewing Company 842 Pale American Ale. So stick around for that. 
Did I just say pale American ale? I meant American pale American ale. pale <laughs> The pale American I, ale. I, was, I thought, I was thinking for a second, but I just thought I heard something. I don't know. I, I don't know. It sounded right when it came out, and I was like, that's wrong. But we also got our bar snacks here. Uh, gotta you know, have them. Beer and bar snacks. And speaking of apologies, as much as I am really not sorry for the Blue Moon April Fool's prank, because I thought it was pretty funny, you know, and it is going to be, it is truthful. It's just not truthful yet. yet. Uh, but it, but I, you know, I understand that a lot of people fell for it. So my apology for that is I'm going to give away on, on, out of my wallet, you know, not out of Adam's wallet, out of my I'll wallet. Be, I'll be watching. I'm going to give away extra swag than we would have given away. So every week we do giveaways for uh people who rate the podcast five stars and give it a review on apple Podcasts, and then you just screenshot it and dm it to us on instagram uh, beer mile media we had so many people send us reviews this week uh and really appreciate that and all of them had like like the insider trading that's info right. from the podcast so. all about loving your mom Butt chugging Blue Moon. I Blue Moon. I stuff. was having dinner with my parents, and I was like, "Hey, would you would be pretty proud of me if somebody like I solicited this review?" That's and, right. Uh, they said yes. So yeah. So we had a bunch of people after Adam and I were sad puppies a couple weeks ago, saying no one was giving us reviews. You guys all stepped up. So thank you so much. This is how we're going to grow this podcast and get more people to come on. Bigger name guests. You know, it's the it's the way that we're going to get you know Centro on and. Constance and you know that's Big that's the, that's the gateway to those and Jakob you know ja- Jakob said he'll come on once we have at least 500 reviews on Apple Podcasts so Ingebrigtsen's are coming on for Flip Cup once we get 500 reviews so keep them coming in swag giveaways do not stop swag from beermile.com but shout outs for this week I'll quickly run through them all Ben Black Lex K David Avila Andrew Cantor Cantor uh Bami Cha Bami Cha from Amsterdam, a boy. Rachel McDonald, John O'Neill, Craig, Zeth Peterka, Fernando Pyers, Jake. Jake is an okay guy on Insta. You didn't give me a last name. Jake is an okay guy. And Stefan Urich. Dude, that was a pretty good... Ste- that was Stefan, your- Stefan and I used to be teammates on the uh, Fleet Feet racing team here in Chicago before he moved away. So Stefan, uh, you know, shout out to you as well. That was a pretty good uh, first run. That was that was one take. So hopefully you can you can cut that up nice and good. I don't yeah, think and if, it really and needs if it, I though. if I pronounce names wrong, I'm very sorry, y'all. But because again, the apology, we typically do one swag giveaway. Well, I don't want to say we we, t- we, we say we're going to do one swag giveaway, and then like last, last episode we, we gave away five. Yeah, and, well, because then sometimes we'll we'll like miss one episode, and we're like, oh shit, we should do like you a know, lot three to five. Or if the time. beers are flowing, we're kind of you know generous. So, yeah, yeah. So out of the twelve of you. Uh, I picked five people because I'm I, I gotta apologize for the April Fools. So is one of, well, interestingly enough, Josh Kerr is not on that list. Josh Kerr is not on that list. I mean, it's Josh Kerr is one of those guys. He thinks he's a Blue Moon guy, but Ooh. he he you know he 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 doesn't stand a chance against Chris Blue Moon Robertson over here. Oh, I don't know I if I can stand. True, Dude, I don't know if I can stand behind you in this beef. Oh, okay. Do you know what would actually be what Blue Moon needs to do? I don't know if anyone they have a, they who have a vouches. Beer mile, they have a beer mile race between you two to see no, who gets no, no, sponsored. No, 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 no. I think I think they bring us both in as a duel. Can you name sure. two people who vouch for Blue Moon more than Josh and I in the fitness running community? No, you can't. And that's why together, fair together, Josh and I would I bring like Blue you, Moon. I like to how you spun that. That's right. Nice. So Josh. Twist. I, here's what I appreciate. Josh is willing to admit that Blue Moon's the best beer out there, just like I am. We have, we have a lot of haters that are like, ew, Blue Moon, ew, whatever. I wouldn't want to be sponsored by them. Come on, people. It's the best beer out there. What are you talking about? It's good for 
all times a day. It's good for the beer mile. It's good for everything. Josh, once you actually do a beer mile with the blue moon, you're going to probably break my record. So actually don't do it. But if you were to do it, you would probably get the world record. (laughs) It's all off the cuff, people. (laughs) So, you know, we're apologizing for the April Fool's joke. I'm still Chris Blue Moon Robertson, as some have called me, but I will bring Josh on this journey with me to, to unite more success. to unite the Beer Mile Podcast with the Sit and Whoa. Kick Podcast through Hashtag. the sponsorship with Blue Moon. Is this a proposal? Is we getting married? If Blue Moon, if I land Josh Kerr that Blue Moon deal, then I think they have to give up the rights and we get to acquire them. Yeah, I think so. I think that's how it works. Yeah. Okay, so the five people getting their swag, uh, just DM us on Instagram. Let us know what you want and give us your address and your size and uh, your social security number, and then we'll get you what you need. We've got Lex. We've got David. We've got Andrew. We've got Craig. And we've got Stefan. And you've got mail. You've got mail. All right, the five of you. Ding, 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 ding. Winner, winner, winner. Hit us up on the Instagram. Let us know what you want. You can have anything you want. That's that's the that's the so one rule. The rules. Everyone knows the rules. So besides leaving us reviews and then sending them to our Instagram, other ways you can support this show is by subscribing on YouTube, giving us donations on Anchor, always appreciated, and joining our Strava group. Just uh, further creating the community. Watch Chris and I grind as well as, you know, you can compare yourself from however many miles you run to Dave Melly, who's crushing like 100 mile weeks. I'm going to put in a, a feature request on Strava to add a uh, logging your beers. Ooh, so, yeah. that, so that way, because our beer mile group, we, you know, we want to log miles, obviously, but we also need to log beers. So maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's just a feature we add on to beermile.com. I think that'll be, that'll be a part of the beermile.com. Also beermile.com, new website, completely revamped courtesy of Adam over here coming soon. Uh, hopefully within this month, but that's just We're, right around the corner. We, we be getting there. Uh, we, speaking, speaking of new website, our man's Ari, smart fella, software engineer. Maybe Ari, we, maybe we got to recruit him. That's true, Ari. If you want a little another side hustle on top of YouTube and we'll creating, you creating some sick beats, uh, you know, do you want to write some code for beermile.com and you know, could be fun. Could be fun. We need to hire you as a contractor. All right, and this episode, no sponsor. I mean, sponsored by Adam and I. You know, sponsored by our our day jobs funding this venture. So, if you're an advertiser out there. Or, I mean, you don't even have to be like a company. If you just want to be like, hey, plug my Instagram account, you know, like shout me out. Uh, We are open to advertisers, you know, know? if you want to get in front of 10,000 listeners a week, we are the guys. So hit us up. We haven't had many sponsors reach out our way. I don't know what the deal is. I mean, Blue Moon's been hitting me up in the DMs, but other than that, I haven't really had much. So dry January led to dry February and dry March. There's no, there's no advertising company or idea that's too crazy for us. We'll, we'll shout out anything on this episode or on this podcast, rather. Stick around for our beer review at the end of the show. But for now, here's Ari. You got it. You got like a nice. Are you using a webcam or what? It like. I am using. So I got, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, 
it's Johnny's uh, like Canon EOS Prime lens. Uh, yes. So I was like, oh, I'm doing this podcast, man. Which, by the way, you guys are the first podcast I've ever been on. So, wow. uh, really, That's thank good. you. Well, dude, for a while I was like, man, what the hell? I got like six thousand, seven thousand subscribers. Like, I think I'm doing some crazy shit. Why has no one invited me on a, a fucking podcast? That's uh, so finally, you guys, you guys came out. And I was like, ah. All right, it's like I'm, I feel validated now. Yeah, but so Johnny was like, "Oh man, you can't use a webcam. You got to connect, you know, download this software so you can use my camera." So we got the the camera that we film with. Oh, uh, yeah, so and great. I figure, yeah, uh, even if most people are are just listening, for the few that might end up watching or whatever, it's for yeah. sure. It's been yeah, it's man. been surprising to us how many people actually watch the podcast now like we're we get more we get more views oftentimes on the video version oh, yeah. if, if it gets into the youtube recommendation algorithm we'll get more video views yeah. often than the than the audio so definitely worth it and like most most people's like videos look so bad and uh <laughs> it's like they're the video file that we have is like not even like 720p and it looks terrible oh, yeah. So yeah. you appreciate you thinking of the video part of it yeah well it's all all about the thumbnail and the title i'm learning and the it, it is i'm time, time of upload and there's so so many things that go into the algorithm, but yeah, um, yeah. we're figuring it out alongside you. You're, you figured yeah. it out a little better than us so far. But. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, I get a lot of help from. Uh, it, it's interesting because, like, I obviously started. Um, I you know moved to Boulder with Spencer, got a lot of uh, exposure on on Instagram and YouTube that way because um, I was just like you know working out with him every day. I was in in, in every video, living with him for like six months. Um, so when I started the channel and he, uh, he bumped it, which is like, you know, he didn't have to do that. And it's basically has made my life what it is right now. Just like his, like, here, look at my friend, look at his YouTube channel. Um, I got to like four or 5,000 subscribers, just like, just like that, just because he's so big and he was bumping it. And now, um, then it slowed down and now I'm here with, with Lionel in a, in a completely different space, like out of running YouTube and then triathlon YouTube and, and Lionel's got like, 200,000 followers on Instagram, hundred to almost 120 K on YouTube. Like he's the like triathlon YouTuber. So it's like, I went from the running YouTuber in my mind, you know, Spencer is like top of the top to like the triathlon YouTuber, just yeah. siphoning clout wherever I can. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good model. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. So it's, um, yeah, it's been, uh, like, I guess the startup has not been, uh, like, I don't know, look at someone like Westfly or Spencer when, when he was doing it by himself, yeah. it's like, yeah, like you're just, you're grinding, yeah. um, and slowly new people come versus I've had this like amazing bump, you know, just through the, I guess the, the generosity of the people that I've been training with, um, yeah. who are more than willing to give me that exposure. At, while we're, while we're diving right into it. Um, so I'm curious from the, like from the YouTube standpoint like did, did you foresee that being like a transition and wanting it to be like your i guess full-time thing or like your your way of earning revenue was that in your mind like back when you were in workouts with spencer or were you like totally content at that time to just like i'm gonna be in his videos whatever we'll see we'll see what happens yeah no that's that's what i wanted was to to like be a part of the athlete special and add, add an element to it that, um, that it didn't have for like, I wanted to make beats for his video. Um, and, uh, I think there were, there were episodes over the summer where people would comment and be like, are you like, do you just go out and start your own YouTube channel? I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm here with Spencer all the way. And at that point it was, I was doing everything that he was doing. So I didn't even, the, the thought never crossed my mind. Cause if I were to make a YouTube channel, it would just be exactly what he was doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so I was like, well, I'm going to upload 
or, or Spencer's going to upload whatever, let's say like a five mile tempo. And then I'm going to upload the same five mile tempo and it's going to be the, the same footage, the same splits. Yeah. Uh, like that's just, it's, it's not good for either of us. Um, so the idea only really started to cross my mind when I got this injury in, uh, October and I was just biking. All I was doing was biking and I wasn't in the, people were commenting on Spencer's videos. Like where's Ari or sometimes just have a clip of me. Uh, you know, I, I don't know, just like looking bad, hating my job. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't run anymore. Um, so once I really started biking and doing my own thing, that's, uh, that's when I was like, okay, maybe it kind of makes sense for me to, uh, make my own channel. And then maybe at a certain point I can start getting ad revenue and that's an avenue for me to quit my job. Yeah. yeah. Did you, so what came first, the idea to start your YouTube or the transition to the triathlon? Um, I would, I would say probably the YouTube first De Well, definitely the YouTube first. Like there were always, I guess, like seeds in my mind, but I never really took them seriously because, um, uh, for what initially I was just like, I'm all in on running. I want to be a pro runner. And this is like, the only way to do this is to just like, have it be the, this singular focus. And I'm just, this is all I'm going to think about for the next decade. And this job that I'm working is only to support my, my dreams of being a pro runner. Uh, and so even when I started biking, I, you know, I bought this, this bike trainer, uh, you know, it was, it was getting rainy in Seattle and I was like, well, I need to, I need to do something. Um, so I'm going to buy this bike trainer and I'm going to get on Zwift and I'm just going to bike every single day, uh, and, you know, slowly build the running back up. Cause this is, it was, you know, one of the worst injuries I had ever had. I couldn't really walk for a couple of weeks and actually coincidentally, Spencer has the exact same, same injury right now. I don't know if I'm oh, supposed really? to like, yeah, I mean, he'll probably say something about that on YouTube, but yeah, he just got an MRI. So like exact same injury, um, that caused me to start biking. And, um, so I very, very quickly fell in love with it. And, uh, one of my buddies from back home is a, he's a coach, he's a multi-sport coach. And he was like, dude, let me put your training together. Let me, you know, we'll build up to a, to it, you know, like a 20 minute power test over the next month. And he just gave me this whole schedule. Um, and I had a lot of structure and I was very slowly building up the running and very quickly, but beyond just falling in love with that, uh, pursuit of improvement on the bike. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, wait, I'm pretty good at this. And I was looking up where my numbers stood, uh, in, uh, in comparison to other cyclists and like off the bat, my just raw, like no fitness or no training numbers were like, all right, you're a cat one, cat two cyclist, which is like yeah. top of the the sort of, um, you know, American categories of, of cycling. And I was like, okay, that's just running fitness. Let's see how good I can get if I actually train. And then once as I, you know, I have two of the disciplines down, um, and just looking like how fast do triathletes run? What are triathletes power numbers? Like, yeah. Oh shit, I can, I am just as good as these guys, except I can't swim. Um, so initially, uh, I was definitely like, okay, I want to keep getting better at biking, but mostly just because I like biking and because it works for running. Uh, if I go to triathlon, I'm giving up on, on distance running and that's not the type of person I am. And then that all changed when Morgan Pearson started just absolutely ripping on these dudes yeah. on triathlon training. And I was like, oh, I, I actually can do this. I can do this and I'm not giving up at, on running and I can continue to get better at running. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that I'm especially now discovering with uh, just triathlon training as a whole is like I can train as much as I want and 
or I need to train, you know, as much as I want and I need to eat as much as I want. So those were two of the biggest factors for me going into college. Uh, when you have, you know, athletic dining hall, you can eat whatever you want. I actually, I was running a hundred miles a week as a, as a college freshman and I was gaining weight. Um, <laughs> and that, yeah, that's the other thing I was like, okay, well, you know, I want to be the best. So I need to run a hundred miles a week as soon as I get to college. And, and that wasn't, that wasn't, um, the, the best idea. I basically, I was just like injured for, for sort of two years straight, but I always had this, like, I need to train more. I need to do more. Um, and I wasn't really listening to the people around me who were like, dude, just chill. It's all about long-term development. Um, and so now I'm in a sport where you just have to train all day. Uh, and so I never have this, uh, this, this feeling of like, Oh, I'm being lazy. I need to go train more because I've already done three sessions that day. And I never get to the end of the day feeling like I didn't train enough. Um, or, I mean, yesterday, uh, there were, uh, there was no pool for me to swim at. So I kind of got to the end of the day. I was just like, fuck, like I didn't, all I, all I did was a, you know, 80 minute run in 90 degree heat today. I didn't do enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so it's, it's like, it's great to, to sort of be in a sport where I can do as much as I want. Um, but I guess that was a long winded answer for, uh, YouTube started as just biking. And then I started the channel and people were like, you got to do tries, you got to do tries. Yeah. Uh, and so eventually I was just like, Oh, maybe I can start swimming. Um, but I think the big issue was Seattle. There was so, uh, there were so many lockdowns for COVID mm -hmm. that I just was not able to find a place to swim. Um, and even when we went to Albuquerque, I was able to swim like twice a week, which I didn't really get that much better. So now I'm swimming pretty much every day and I'm like feeling the improvements of, of the first month and yeah. finally training like, uh, like a triathlete. That's a, that's a good transition that like what ultimately led you to pull the trigger on, on quitting your job and, and moving and like dedicating, you know, your full-time adventure to this. Um, this is a, this is a, a tough answer, but, uh, and again, I'm like, no, no questions here are off limits. Um, you know, I'll try to be a, a pretty open book here. And I think I value, I think a lot of my uh, viewers value that, but it was, uh, it was the death of my sister actually. Um, so initially I was going to go down to part-time at my job. And, uh, then when she passed away, uh, I, I didn't work for like two weeks, like at all for a week, you know, maybe two weeks. And then I sort of started getting on meetings to help transition projects over, uh, cause it was sort of assumed that I, I would come back part-time and maybe take on some other projects. But what I was working on was definitely like full-time work. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, my manager was, uh, you know, he gave me some tasks, tasks to do. And I was like, yeah, I can, I can do those. And then the next, it would like a, a week would go by and he's like, Hey, do you get started on these? And I was like, no, nah, man, I didn't. Like I opened up the computer once and said, fuck this. I'm not, yeah. I'm not doing this. Uh, and he said, Hey man, I want to, I want to help you get back on the saddle if that's what you want. Uh, that was verbatim his message. And when I saw that, I was like, Oh yeah, no, I don't want this. Um, and I had, I'd known that the, the, this point would come for a while. And so, uh, you know, when I first started on a software engineer's salary, uh, I was spending, you know, a bit crazily. Uh, <laughs> I, I just wasn't, I wasn't like prioritizing savings. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that was late spring or, you know, early summer. Um, and then, yeah, I started sort of saving as much as I could in my paycheck. And yeah, that was the moment that I was like, all right, now's the time I have like $12,000 in my savings account. And I'm either going to float on this until 
I get sponsors and I'm a professional or I'm going to go home and live with my parents. And that's what I told my parents too. And they were like, I was like, you're not going to leave me on the street and this is what I'm doing. Like you can not like it, but you have to respect it. And they were like, fuck. All right. Well, I hope we don't see you at home. I hope it works out. But like, <laughs> you know, I, we don't agree with this. You should keep your job, but you know, you got to do you. And I was like this, yeah, this is what I'm doing. And, and I just, yeah, there was no, no amount of money that could get me to open up that computer and, you know, start coding, uh, when I would rather be, you know, out biking all day or running or swimming. For sure. So, I, yeah. I, I have a ton of questions on that, but I'm curious. So are you at a point right now where like, are you constantly like anxious about like, am I going to have enough money to like, you know, coming in from YouTube or wherever else to like make it another month? Like, does that in that in the back of your mind, does that bother you? Or is that still like less stressful than, you know, having to work an actual corporate job? Like how, how do no. you pay those? <laughs> Um, I, I would, I have those thoughts every single day, uh, doing the calculations of how many more months I can make it. Uh, but it is not a source of anxiety at all because, you know, this is a decision that I made. Uh, and, and I, I, the worst case scenario is not so bad. Uh, again, worst case scenario, if I run out of money tomorrow, I move back to Connecticut in my, in my parents' house and I still have a YouTube with, with over 10,000 subscribers now. Mm -hmm. Um, I can still make videos and, you know, and I can, I guess, get another software engineering job if, if I need to, um, that, that is worst case scenario, honestly. (laughs) Um, but you know, again, the, the, uh, the scenario where I run out of money is not like this life threatening thing to me. So I'm not scared of it. And I'm just trying to, to like live every day, um, trying to be a YouTuber, trying to bring in, bring in money. Um, and yeah, so I, I do think about, what, uh, what are my expenses going to be this month and what's my cash flow going to be like, but it's not a source of anxiety because I'm spending as little as I can. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I'm sort of controlling what I can control there. And so whatever comes in and the um, number of months or years that I end up stretching that are, are what they are. Um, so I, I guess it's, you know, it's just controlling what I can control. Um, which is, as you know, something people say in, in running a lot in racing and training and, and just in life in general is, you know, just control what you can control. And that's, that's what I'm doing. So, uh, I have just about no anxiety about, you know, how long am I going to make this last? That, that's a refreshing perspective for yeah. sure. Cause I think, you know, most, most people in your situation would be super nervous constantly. And, and it is so it, it's just like a societal norm that like you need to, have like a standard corporate job. And if you don't, if you go off in a different way, it's like, it's weird. It's, you know, like, especially like our parents' generation that it's just like a, it didn't exist when they were our age. So they don't understand that that is a potential path. And so, yeah, there's always that like fleeing to safety and avoid avoiding the risk and saying, I don't know if I can do it, but in reality, you can live off a lot less than what you know, most people do. Most people who, you, the more you make, the more you end up spending when in reality, you don't really need to do that if you, if you don't want to. Yeah. So. No, and that's, uh, that's one of the great things that, uh, I'm, I'm so, uh, grateful to have, have Johnny around, uh, cause he's like big business background, uh, and he's always reading sort of like entrepreneurial books and, and listening to podcasts like Grant Cardone kind of stuff. Um, and he's just, like telling me like how, how, um, I have assets that are not liquid, but I still, what I have is, is so valuable. And, um, and that, uh, so what, I guess one example is I used to eat a a Kodiak cake 
every morning, just like a big fat Kodiak cake. And I would talk about it in my videos. Yep. Like I'm having a Kodiak cake. Guess what I'm having for breakfast is a Kodiak cake. Uh, and I was just complaining to him a bit like, Oh, why is Kodiak cake not sponsoring me? How do I get a Kodiak cake sponsorship? How are they going to you know, send me free shit? And he was like, dude, if you get sponsored by Kodiak cakes, you are getting 1% of what you're actually worth versus if you go and you make your own protein pancake and you are, you like it and you eat it every morning and you can authentically tell your audience, right. this is a good product. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is a good product. Um, you should buy it then that's, that's where you get like a hundred percent of what you're worth. And so that, that, those are things that I'm thinking about, uh, like, uh, being an entrepreneur, being, being like a content creator, I have, um, I have value that is not, uh, it's not liquid cash right now, but like, I want to start a protein pancake company. Cause that's something I already, I already make this mix every morning at this point. I have my, uh, it's called a strug cake, strug pro cake. <laughs> Settling on the name, but uh, here we go. Um, yeah, something that reflects that that unsponsored trying to chase the, the professional dream. Um, but sure. yeah, it's like you know, I have one every morning, um, and and yeah, so I, I uh, that that's something I think about a lot. Is that like I could be um, getting a paycheck every month, but then you know I'm paying rent every month. And as my, as my paycheck increases, I'm like, well, maybe I want to get a nicer apartment or a nicer house or a nicer car. And then all these expenses start adding up and you're, you save the same amount or less right. versus yeah. like start a start a business or have some sort of scalable asset that just makes money for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, and yeah, these are all, these are almost, uh, platitudes that Johnny tells me. I wouldn't say I like completely understand them yet, but, um, yeah. the concept of like, take these risks uh, and at a certain point they might pay off and you may never have to work again. Definitely. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah. it's no secret that triathlon is an inexpensive sport, probably <laughs> if not the most expensive sport, it's up there for sure. So, uh, how, I guess maybe, maybe you've had some, uh, some good fortune and like know, knowing who, you know, and being able to, uh, you know, use equipment and all that sort of stuff. I'm curious, like, are you, do you see that as like a limitation at all to you growing in the sport of triathlon is the money side of things, or do you think you'll be fine based on YouTube and what you got going to be able to support? Cause it seems like that's, that may be, I guess maybe a room for debate. Do you think triathlon is probably your main sport going forward or do you think running still has that potential? No. Yeah. So I'm completely 100% all in on, on triathlon. Okay. Um, and Again, uh, I had, I had this like worry in the back of my head of, am I giving up on, on distance running? Um, but I am in love with the sport of cycling and I am really starting to like swimming and, and trying to become a really good swimmer. Um, you know, it's not like something I resent as being sort of a part of the sport that I have to be good at. And so I, one, I do, I, I know I have to be uh, to achieve my goals in triathlon, I still have to be as good of a runner as I can be. And so like in my head, it's like, all right, I still have to be in the next couple of years, a 13, 10, 5k guy, you know, which is like, th that was sort of the number I had in my head of, of as a runner. Like I want to be a 13, oh, 5k guy. And you know, if I can hit that at my peak, I'll, you know, I can retire happy. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. And not, and not that the number is super important. It's more so did I do everything I could to get there? Um, and that's sort of the number I think I can hit, but I still need to be that good of a runner to be this sort of triathlete that I think I can be. Um, so it's not like I'm just, I'm letting, letting up at all, but yeah, so I am completely all in on triathlon. And a lot of that is because I think I can be a way better triathlete than, than, 
uh, runner that I could have been. And it's like, you look at guys like Jeff, the guy, like I'm never going to run 1235 in the 5k. Right. But right. I look at the best triathletes in the world right now. I I look at, at least from a swimming and or from a biking and running perspective, I'm like, I'm as good or better than you right now. Um, I obviously the swimming has a long, long way to go. Um, and I don't know if I'll ever reach that, that point where I can, uh, stay with those guys in the swim where it would matter how good I am, uh, on the bike or the run. Um, but yeah, I just look at the guys who are the best in the sport and I'm like, okay, well, if I can get to this level for swimming, then I can be one of the best in the world. Uh, and so that's just not something I have thought about running in a long, long time. And so it's, um, I guess it's a, it is a little bit refreshing, but it, um, I wouldn't say it makes me any more motivated. Like I just need to be training all day. And if it was still just running, I think I would be happy, but it's nice to know that, um, if I do this right, I can be among the best in the world. And, um, but, uh, yeah. So regarding running versus triathlon it's definitely triathlon going forward. And in terms of equipment in my head, uh, I have this like absurd, like brash self-confidence that I will empty my bank account to get the necessary equipment, like the cheapest possible for one race. Uh, and then when I do that one race, I will destroy it and sponsors will just come in and that, and that's, that's all I need. Like, um, so it's like a one-time investment. Um, but, but that is, uh, a reality of the sport is, I mean, so this, this bike behind me is, uh, it is 26 pounds. Uh, and to give you like a bike that you would race on is, you know, 17, 16, some are, are even lighter than that. Um, and it was like my great uncle, you know, he got a little bit too old to, to warrant riding it all the time. He, he just, you know, handed it down to me. Um, and it's, it's, it's a bike built for comfort, the comfort of an 85 year old man, I'll say <laughs> not built for performance at all. Uh, so, um, yeah, like I cannot, I cannot race on this bike. Um, uh, and yeah, any bike that I can race on, even like a, an old used one is going to cost sort of at least 1500, like a good wetsuit is a couple hundred. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's so many things that, that I will have to buy. Um, but again, I see that as I just have to buy these things once and I can probably buy the cheapest one and I'll prove how good I am. And then I can, you know, and I have no idea if this is how it works. I am almost as new to triathlon as you guys are like in terms <laughs> of what I know. Um, I was going to say my, uh, the first time I bought a wetsuit was on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin for $50. And it was like a five, like a $500 wetsuit. I was like, hell yeah, make it work. Yeah, so you, you um, went swimming in it or <laughs> yeah, I, I did a try. I've done one triathlon oh. so far. He, he's so not, he's not in the world ranks though. He's not, he's not going to make it on the world. Scene, not though, right? well, by any means. <laughs> I mean, me neither, but and you and I have done the same amount of triathlons. I will say, it's, so. it's so interesting that you, you kind of mentioned like being excited about swimming and cycling. Cause for me, that's what like totally turned me off to. Whereas like, so my running is just like being heavily impacted because it's the last event. And I am so like not technical for swimming, right? Where right. I just like resented training for the swim and bike. Yeah, and that's that's the good thing. Like in your situation, where the swimming is such a small percentage of the total time in the triathlon, that if you're gonna, I, I guess maybe maybe you have a different perspective now that you're kind of on the inside of like yeah. how important <laughs> is the swim? Like obviously you don't want to be gapped way out the back up 
uh, up front and then have to catch up. But if you're going to be really good at something, the biking is something that's you have to be really good at because you're going to be on the saddle yeah. for quite a while well, aerobic, during the race. Aerobically, you're obviously there and swimming is, I would argue, like the most technical part of it. So you probably a, have the most room to grow or like potential there. For sure. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Well, so that's, yeah, again, that's one of the things that I'm learning. And there's, there's two types of, of triathlon. Um, there's short course, which is draft legal, where it's literally like it's a bike race and you can draft and there are packs. Uh, and then there's non-draft, which is your, your Ironman, your 70.3s, where you're on a time trial bike and you can't be within 10 meters for more than, you know, however many seconds or you get a penalty. Uh, and in non-draft, the swim matters a lot less. It still matters a lot, but it matters a lot less because you can get on your time trial bike and you don't have to be part of this Peloton right. um, where being on your own is going to be a, like a, a massive, you know, insurmountable disadvantage. Uh, and so that's kind of where I'm going to start. I'm going to start with half Ironman um, and then hopefully move down uh, just because my, my swimming is, I'm so new to it. Um, and so that's where I can afford to lose four five, six, you know, it could be, yeah, seven minutes, um, in a, in a half Ironman, uh, to, to the best guys in the world. Um, but then you have two hours on the bike, uh, to catch up and it's, it's, re- it's every man for himself, but, it, uh, but in draft legal, if you miss the front pack and the swim, you're done. Um, so for example, there's this guy, Richard Murray, who's run 1337 for 5k, uh, he's a really, really good biker, a South African triathlete. Um, and he's by far, I, I don't think it's really close. Uh, he's like one of the best runners, if not the best runner in triathlon, um, and the best like biker, uh, runner combo. And again, I'm so new. I don't actually know if he is the best, but he's, you know, 1337 is, it's really fucking good. Yeah. Um, especially in the realm of triathletes. Uh, but he just doesn't make the front pack in the swim. And so, uh, the guys who are not as good runners and as, as he is, but are great swimmers, they get on the bike and they have seven or eight guys around them. And they say, let's fucking go make sure he doesn't get on the pack. Uh, and then, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then it's like, it's like, it doesn't matter if you run a 28 minute 10 K at the end of a triathlon, if you are three minutes down, you know, the winner just has to run five minute pace and, and like, you're not, yeah, you're not closing that gap. Yeah, um, yeah. so the swimming is extremely important. Uh, and, and especially for me wanting to go, uh, short course and, and doing draft legal, um, I need to be an, an absolutely kick-ass swimmer. But again, I, I just have this, like in my head, I'm like, well, if I just attack this every single day and I'm, I'm already in the same way, I don't know if you guys were like this in early high school, you just go on YouTube and you, you look up running videos, you look mm-hmm. up this world record, this, you know, famous race, yeah. um, and so that's what I'm now doing for swimming. Uh, I just started a couple nights ago. I was like, ah, let's look up some Michael Phelps videos. <laughs> and it's, it is, it is sweet. Uh, one, the camera angles, uh, are insane. They have this underwater camera and you can just mm-hmm. like look at their stroke and it's crazy how fast they're going and just uh, the way they can like contort their bodies to do a dolphin kick. Um, and, and so now I'm just like enthralled of like, okay, how can I be that good? And the fact that I am as like now obsessed with, with swimming as I was with running when I started was a 14 year old, um, just off the bat, it gives me confidence that like, well, if I love this and I attack it every day, I'm going to be as good at this as I am at running, which might not be the case. Like I would say, you know, there's a certain, I want a, a genetic lottery ticket in running and maybe in, in biking. And I, hope it's there for swimming, but it'll take years to find out. Yeah. You're, you're definitely going on with the right mindset because the, you know, as you, as you're mentioning, like swimming and biking, you can really train 
infinite amount. Like obviously there's overuse injuries, but for those you can really train kind of as much as you're, you're able to. And you mentioned Morgan Pearson, like similarly, like Lucas versus when he's really good, like triathlon training can make you possibly a better runner than you would be just running because your aerobic engine is able to just grow and grow and grow. And so you're able to do that on less mileage and, you know, not get hurt running a lot of times, even though you're working out five hours a day or whatever the case is. So I think, yeah, the the fact that you enjoy the, the process of just grinding it out and like, especially on the bike and swimming where you can essentially do that, you know, four hours a day, five hours a day, whatever it is, that's definitely the right position, position to be in for going into a triathlon. Yeah, man. I love it. And it's interesting what you said about, like, it does make you a better runner. So it, obviously I, you know, we saw that with, with Morgan and, and uh, and Lucas when he was in, you know, a sub four miler in high school, like, you know, doing triathlon training. Um, and I experienced that firsthand on this comeback from injury in December. I was, I was, I had done like one or two workouts. I was running 30 miles away. I'm still running 30 miles a week, man. I think I've cracked 40 like once since October. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Uh, and part of that is being cautious. And part of that is just like so much volume now on the bike and, and in the pool. But, um, especially then like all of November was literally a buildup back from injury and just a lot of biking. And so in this, like, I think it was maybe my third workout back, I had sort of just been hopping in with Spencer and the beasts. Um, and so they had this time trial, uh, Spencer had four miles and the other guys had five. And I was like, Oh, I'll just go and I'll pace you for, for your four mile tempo. It, it's at four forty five pace. Like that's usually a little bit lower than my temp, like my fastest tempo ever at that point was like 1912, 1915 ish, like just under four fifties. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was like, right. I'd, uh, in the spring, right before I, I time trialed four hundred one in the mile. So I was like really, really fit. Yeah. Um, probably the, the fittest back then. Um, and so now I did this tempo leading Spencer the entire way. I ran 19 flat and it was like a true tempo effort you know, even easier than that 1912 was. Uh, and I was like, I, I finished it and I was like, Whoa, I need to keep yeah. biking forever. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> like, cause I, yeah, I just, I've been running, I have not been running. And I, I imagine if I hopped on the track for a 5k right now, you know, I'm not going to be able to run 65 second pace. I'll get tired really quickly, but I am so strong right now, uh, from biking from not even running. And, uh, again, that was just another, Oh, maybe I should like really take a, a harder look at this triathlon thing. Cause just the amount of training that I'm able to do, I think will make me a better runner. Yeah. Um, but then on the, on the flip side of that right now, I'm having so much trouble hitting these running workouts the way I used to, because, uh, now running is almost not prioritized. Every run I do is at the end of the day after every session, maybe it's right off the bike. Every workout is under some like insane level of fatigue. Um, and I was definitely, uh, this is for like any runner out there who might be watching my videos or is watching like a Lionel Sanders video. Cause I was guilty of this. I, when I first heard of Lionel Sanders, it was in the fall and he was doing workouts, running five K's, whatever. And I was like, Oh, this guy's like a 14, 45 K guy. This is a, this is what's, joke. So, yeah, what's, what's so yeah. special about like, this? Yeah. Like yeah. what are these, these workouts, these workouts are not that impressive. I could be the best triathlete in the world. And then, <laughs> uh, and, uh, he destroyed me on Friday. I could not hang with him for his workout. Granted it was 90 degrees. Uh, he definitely has this, uh, heat, uh, acclimatized and I was not, but the other thing is we both went into this workout very fatigued and he has been doing that for years so he can just be really really tired and 
do this workout. And the workout was 5k, 5k, 3k at 505s. My initial plan, and there's, I'm gonna, the video is going to come out uh, in a couple of days. My initial plan was, all right, I'm going to do his entire workout and also tempo while he's recovering. So it's going to be, so it'll be a 15, it'll be a 15 K tempo at 505 pace, which honestly, like when I was back you know, in, in only running, um, that was my bread and butter. I could do, you know, an eight mile tempo in, in 40 minutes or 40, 20 ish, um, without really dipping into the, to, uh, the tank at all. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm really strong right now. I'm just going to knock out, um, you know, what at 9.3 miles at 505 pace. And then I get to the end of the first 5k rep. And I'm like, okay, I'm not, I'm already not doing this tempo. So I just rested with him. And then 3k into the second, or not even 3k, 2k into the second 5k rep. I just started completely dying. Like I haven't hurt like this in a very long time. And so I only made it 5k, 3k, 3k, uh, while he just continued to grind out this, this workout. <laughs> Um, and I was just like, man, I have been disrespecting the sport of triathlon. Like you just can't hit these workouts out of the park. Like you can yeah. twice a week as a runner. Cause you're just right. Every time you run, you are so tired, which yeah, is absolutely. by design because it's yeah. always the end of the race. You're never going to run fresh. It'll, it'll feel great. Like next time you are actually fresh for either a workout or a time trial or something, but yeah, doing triathlon workouts feels like you've just raced and then you're going to go into a workout. And that's, uh, well, well, you, I mean, uh, Beth Potter, uh, I, I actually just heard of her the other day, but she just, you know, British triathlete ran 1441 on the roads, mm-hmm. um, in these new ASIC shoes. Um, and so, I mean, she was kind of the same, she was Olympian in, in, in track, like, you know, upper, upper echelon of European track and field, and now making the switch to triathlon. And, uh, I don't know what her swimming background is like. I would actually be curious to know, just so I could have an idea of what my own progression might be like, but it looks like she's one of the best short course, short course triathletes in the world right now. And, uh, and one of the best runners in the world, like yeah. she just set a world record um, in the road 5k. So again, yeah, that's, that's, I'm, I'm sure it's maybe been a while for her since she hit a, a workout fresh and like she, you know, hits a, a road 5k fresh legs and crushes it world record world yeah. record. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. This, this might, this might come off a little savage and it's not intended to at all, but I'm oh, curious, oh you, you mentioned, you mentioned like Spencer Brown and obviously he has the deal with the Brooks beast. I'm curious. Cause like your, I guess I don't know PR for PR against him. Like you're at, you're as fast, if not faster. I don't know if he has quicker PRs in the shorter distances than you do, but he does. Yeah, he, he does. Okay. So I, yeah. from, from that standpoint, like his, so like kind of in, in your situation, like you're not quite fast enough just in running to get like a pro deal in the traditional sense, but like Spencer was able to get that partly because he has such a huge following um, on, on YouTube, on Instagram. And so he's like very marketable. And also he's really, he'd be, ultimately a pro runner you're you're an entertainer you're helping the market to sell gear all of that and he's really good at that uh so from your standpoint like how i'm curious what your view is on that both from the from the standpoint of like how much should you know influence play in being a professional at any sport and then also is that like for you kind of part of growing the social presence is around like you're looking at this is, this is the best way for me to get into that professional situation with a brand, whatever that may look like, you know, even, even maybe even more so than just the performance. Yeah. So I'll, I'll preface this with, uh, Spencer Brown is, is a 
professional caliber runner. I know he only ran, he ran 149, 359 in college. Um, and I, I, I guess, you know, I don't know if he'd say he's lucky that he had the channel that he's able to get this contract, but he's one of the most underdeveloped athletes I have ever seen. Like he, he is so weak or he was so weak in every area. Like, uh, in terms of if we were doing a core workout, like he could not hang with me in, in, in anything. Uh, he is his form, uh, not beyond his running form. He obviously has like phenomenal natural speed, but just like his form doing a core workout or his form doing running drills, uh, and his strength, like his strength on tempos, um, was horrible. And so for him to have run 359, uh, on the training he did, like, I think, uh, however long he's with Brooks and on, under Danny Mackey, he's going to be, he's going to be really, really good. Like he's a, he's a 334, 335, 1500 guy, like, you know, this year, uh, provided he can, he can stay healthy. Um, but I mean, yeah, certainly 359 guys don't really get contracts coming out of college. So that was, that was huge for him. Um, and it, it is interesting. I don't know where I would have stood if it had not been for COVID. And this is this, like, that's a whole part of the story is like, I, I was really starting to figure everything out, figure out training and figuring out racing. Um, the past indoor season, you know, I, I ran a 751. I broke, I broke Henry Wynn's school record. You know, he's, he went on to run 351, uh, with Brooks. Um, so I thought I was, I was set up for running probably a really, really good, hopefully under 1340, you know, 1335 range 5k that outdoor season, if I can get in the right race. And then there's at least a, a, a low grade pro contract waiting for me. Um, and then obviously COVID cancels everything. Uh, you know, Spencer is one of maybe three or four athletes who actually get contracts the summer versus, you know, 20, 25, 30. I don't know what the numbers are. Um, so yeah, I I'm going out, I, you know, I have no contract. I'm just trying to run with the beast to maybe like, see if I can run some good times, run my way, run my way into some sort of contract. Um, but, uh, I mean, you know, that's, the effect of COVID. Um, but I think the reality of, uh, professional contracts and sponsorships is that it is marketing. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, I don't think it should matter how good you are. Um, it matters how marketable you are. If I, if I'm like a shoe company or I'm a sponsor, like if, if you are the, the fastest guy in the world, but you have no social media presence and you're completely inaccessible, um, you know, unless you're like Galen Rupp level and everyone knows your name because you're breaking some record every, every other week. Um, why, what, how are you like returning their investment? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people really dislike that, but I think that's just the game. And I think it's extremely limiting where like running, uh, versus other sports that have leagues, other sports have leagues where you uh, you are protected by being signed from the team. And if you're if you're an NBA player, you're an NFL player, you get a shoe contract on the side and they can drop you. And it doesn't matter because you have a contract with this team. Mm -hmm. um, so runners are so bound by these shoe companies that have like complete control over their lives. And you can't run professionally pretty much unless you have a shoe contract, um, essentially because there's no like governing body or league that is supporting the athletes. Right. And so that's just the reality of, of the situation is if you don't have uh, some overarching entity, you have to be marketable if you want sports marketing teams to like give you free stuff and pay you uh, to market their products. 
and so, yeah, I definitely hope that me being, you know, having a larger social media presence, uh, helps sponsors come on board. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just the name of the game, but I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's almost secondary. Like the thing, my, my North star is every day I wake up and I need to get better mm-hmm. at like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not driven by, uh, getting money in the sport at all. I'm driven by like, like I want to maximize my potential. Um, but in order to maximize my potential, I need to be able to do this every day and to be able to do this every day. I need other people supporting me. Um, or I need a big enough following on YouTube that I can support myself off of ad revenue. Um, so being a marketable athlete is, is a huge part of me being able to do what I want to do. Yeah. There's, there's so many like running purists and let's runners that are like, so against this idea that unless you're, it's like all about your times. And unless you have the top times, you shouldn't be sponsored as a pro athlete. And it's, it is like totally missing, like missing the, the, the purpose of, I guess, sponsoring a pro runner from a brand standpoint is, it is all about selling more product. And if you, if you're, if you're paying someone who doesn't help you do that, because they're not front and center in front of the audience every day, then it is kind of pointless. But it's always crazy to me how many people like talk shit about someone getting a pro deal. Like, Oh, he's only a three fifty nine guy. This three fifty seven guy didn't get a deal. It's like, but that's not the only consideration. Like there's so many other considerations and it's great that you pointed out as well. Like in Spencer's case, the, the natural ability. And I know he's like, he's always been a super low mileage guy, all these things. So there is the ceiling is way higher versus someone who's, cranked out a hundred miles a week for 10 years and is running, you know, maybe a few seconds faster, but the ceiling isn't, isn't there. So no, it's all, it's all a great perspective. I'm definitely with you, but it's always, it's always wild to me, the number of, the number of critics. And and of course it's always people that probably are super slow and you know, whatever, they're just jealous, you know, they're jealous of whatever, but I think think it's the same conversation as like times versus like actual competition and racing. It's like, yeah, times are one thing. World records exist, but like n- nobody watches. Yeah, like it's exciting to see a world record get broken, but like if you're just watching people run three thirty-five over and over and over again for a fifteen, it's like right? Not that exciting. It's about the competition, the storylines. The yeah, there. That's what's that's what makes it entertaining. Yeah, versus that's why that's why YouTube is so big. Is right. Like, not many people yeah. care or can appreciate like if you watch a 338 or a 332 uh, you can't really tell the difference you don't really like to the average person they don't know what that means but if you can say that person won this race or whatever that that person works full time and is able to compete at the you know pro stage like those things are the stories that actually mean something and are relatable versus just a yeah. time uh, and that's i think that uh, is a really interesting point now we can we can uh, talk about the shoes uh, and think what my personal opinion uh, on the shoes just like looking at different types of races is that if it's a straight time trial uh on the track and you don't have dragonflies or, or vix like you're screwed uh but if it is a championship style race you know it goes out slow and it's it's you know whoever has the, the best kick it almost doesn't matter what shoes you're wearing um, and I think it, it's not going to matter anyway in a couple of years. Uh, and this is, um, just like from coming over from having gotten into cycling, uh, there were carbon bikes and there were aero carbon bikes and, and just like certain technologies that some companies figured out first, uh, but, and, yeah. and it may have provided some ridiculous advantage right. for a couple months or a couple of years before the other companies got on board. And now it doesn't matter what bike you have. 
Um, it really just matters how good of a bike rider you are, as long as you have, you know, a carbon bike with, with good gears. Yeah. Uh, and, and the same, same and goes also, for swimming too. Yeah. And there's no, uh, it's all, it's all just racing. Um, it, you know, there's no, I, I don't watch too much, uh, track cycling. It's all, I watch, you know, it's all road cycling and it's, it's just a race. It's just who won the race. And the, the times vary so much. Uh, based on one, what the Peloton decides to do, or what certain teams decide to do and what the weather was like on the day. All yeah. that matters is who won the race. Um, and so like, I wouldn't care if there's a, a track race that, you know, if the diamond league had, had no pacers and it's just who is the savviest racer, uh, who wins the most times when it's every man for himself. Um, and you're, you're like your raw power, your raw fitness doesn't, uh, or your shoes don't factor into it as much. Yeah. Um, it's such a, it's, it's, it is a bit more of a level playing field. I think when you don't have pacers, I would say, um, obviously it doesn't help people who are really good at, at running fast, but like, if you're really good at running fast, you kind of, you should probably do it from the front. Um, you look at someone like Centro, um, if the diamond league had no, no pacers, he'd probably be like a lot more than, uh, an Olympic champ right now. He would be winning diamond leagues left and right. For sure. Um, and yeah, it is, it is, uh, just really interesting to watch. Like, I don't think slow races are boring. Um, it's oh, like yeah, something you'll see in, you'll see in cycling where you have a breakaway, uh, that, you know, they get to the last K of the race and they know that the, the Peloton is not going to catch them. And so they just start like soft pedaling, waiting for whoever is going to, whoever is going to sprint first. Um, and it becomes this like ridiculous tactical <laughs> affair and they're going, they're going so slow. Like, yeah. uh, it, it's just so interesting to watch. Um, cause it's like essentially whoever, whoever goes last is going to win, but you know, maybe you can sneak something and, and nobody can catch your wheel. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, such a, an interesting and, and I would say well-marketed sport compared to running where, yeah, you, you know, you have yeah. three thirty-two races, you know, every week and it's just, it's a pacer. It's kind of the same thing. Right. Yep. Definitely. We're definitely on board with that. We, we've said multiple times yeah. that we are all about the the racing and it's super entertaining, yeah. whether it's a fast race, a slow race, a race is the, well, here's, here, here's another thing that I've been talking about with my friends is, um, there should be, and, and this sort of stemmed of like, okay, there needs to be a league. There needs to be a, an entity that is making money and that can pay athletes. And, um, the initial idea is, okay, let's get, uh, 10 athletes signed to the league and it costs a million dollars. You pay them each a hundred thousand. So you can compete with the, you can get the best athletes and compete with what they would be getting paid. Mm -hmm. Um, and you say, okay, here's 10 athletes. All of you 10 are going to race at these four events and we'll make it. So it doesn't, inter uh, doesn't interrupt your championship cycle. Um, and it's not just like a straight, uh, 5k, 1500, 3k, whatever. W let's say one race is it's three by mile with two minutes rest. That would like, be, that would be, that would be so interesting to watch. Yeah. And it's, it's scored, it's scored. So you get 10 points for yeah. first one point for last and cumulative points or, or cumulative time at the end wins. Um, and it's like, you can be tied going into the last mile and you know, you need to run this or you need to place this going into it. Like that would be, and they do that in triathlon. I just watched this thing on YouTube. It's called super league triathlon where it's three really short. It's a, it's a pool treadmill and stationary bike. And it's three races in quick succession. It's like a 200 meter swim, a 4k bike and a 1k run. Um, and, and they switch up the order and it's 10 points for first one point for last. And, uh, it's just like you do three races in quick succession and it's so interesting to watch. Cause like, who's going to fatigue going into the last one. And it, I just think it would be crazy to see like Jakob Ingebrigtsen go like yeah. 
four flat, 356, 353, you know, for three mile repeats with like three minutes rest and just like, you know, having, having competitions. Yeah. 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 I I think that would add like a a missing dynamic to the sport of running. Cause like so many others, like the, the PGA tour has a few events like that where it's not just straight up, you're golfing 18 holes. There's like, they throw in a few, uh, like mix in events. And I just think it would, it would add to like the storyline of the overall meet or competition. Oh, you got, you need, yeah, you need that story to follow over weeks, like exactly. track it because right now every single race is basically like if someone does poorly, who cares? Cause all that matters is the Olympics. And so it's like, so then why even like, why even watch this until the Olympic trials? Who cares? Yeah. Exactly. Like, I think that's the wrong storyline to put out there versus exactly like you're saying. It's like these these people are there's so much strategy involved in what, racing an unknown distance each week or racing like different varieties of like it's intervals or it's a straight out race or like there's so it, many cool things you can do. Yeah. With it. But it also it also hurts athletes. And I think if you look at the sports where swim uh, where um, the Olympics is the pinnacle of the sport, those are sports where athletes don't get treated well. Yeah. Um, yep. Sorry, I got to change the camera. Camera died. I guess oh. We're on, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. The uh, all right. It's over. Yeah. So those are those are yeah, we're good. Um, those are sports where the athletes don't get paid a lot. Athletes don't get treated totally. well. Um, which track and field, uh, wrestling, track and yeah. field, swimming. It's- yeah, wrestling versus. Let's look at soccer. No one like nobody gives a shit about the Olympics. Like Leo Messi has won the Olympic, he's won gold medal in the Olympics, and like it's still considered that he hasn't won an international title with Argentina because the Olympics don't matter. Every athlete uh, on the uh, like in the upper echelon of the NBA said, "No, I don't want to go to the Olympics uh, yep. because like just no, nobody cares about about the Olympics in sports where there are leagues that pay the athletes yeah. and there's a completely different." storyline and the, and the pinnacle of the sport is winning the league or you know winning yeah. the whatever the tournament championship is um and so there needs to be something like that in track if like we hope to change anything it the olympics which again is an event that you don't even get paid for to win um uh it's it's bad for the sport if like your entire career rides on making the olympic team or hitting the standard I'd be, uh, really, I'd be really interested to see how having some sort of league impacts people's training cycles. Cause everyone is on like an Olympic cycle and then yeah. like, it like varies massively when you're like graduating from college or when you're targeting, like going to the Olympics. But if you had a continuous season by season league, I don't even know what would happen. Yeah, things would be way different. And it it is such a winner-take-all mentality where it's like you're a failure if you don't get top three to go. And and also you just don't like – you're either a million – like you're making a million dollars or you're making like – yeah, like 30K a year. You're making nothing. And and it could be just half a second difference. So it it is – it's crazy. And the the storyline changes completely as well because like – if you have a league every year and you have someone who wins the league year after year, you say that's the best guy. That is the best guy in the sport. And it doesn't matter that he only got bronze or silver in the Olympics because the Olympics is no longer the pinnacle of the sport. It's just kind of an extra thing that they do if it fits in. Definitely. Uh, Yeah. It's not, it's not the end all be all. Uh, And yeah, I, I think it's, it's just better sports that have leagues have, have protected players um and they have they have higher salaries 
Um, and I was actually just listening to, to your guys' podcast with Nick Simmons when he talks about there is there is a lot of money in this sport. Yes. There's a ton of money in this sport. And I think that the whole social media generation is working on taking that money back for themselves a little bit. Um, it's very grassroots. Uh, but like there is a massive, massive fan base of track and field with money, you know, willing to invest in athletes and, and you know, buy products. And, and, you know, I'm sure there are so many people who would pay for a yearly you know, membership to watch this hypothetical league. Um, but yeah, none of that money goes to the athletes right now. And it's they're right. dependent on, on shoe sponsors. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, we're going to need to set up another time with you <laughs> just to talk about, talk about, uh, how to improve this sport, but, uh, yeah, you know, we know you got to go to a swim in a few minutes. So what, one thing I wanted to make sure to touch on, uh, especially, you know, now we're talking, you mentioned Nick Simmons, like the YouTube social media thing. One thing, you know, not, I'm not just saying this to like suck up to you cause you're on the podcast, but one thing <laughs> that I really like about your approach to how you're putting together YouTube videos is because it is so, uh, like raw and actually like showing the true like emotions. And I think a big complaint about social media in general is people always put, put forth their best self and always make things look like they're all hunky dory, even though they might not be. And what I like about your approach is that you're showing the the struggles and uh, you know, you, you openly talked about your sister. You openly like talked about your issues in Austin, like being homeless for a few nights, like all these pieces. And it's, and it's like you're showing the the hardship as well, which is is very unique. And also on top of that, I mean, you're putting your own music into the videos, like all these other pieces, like the the videos themselves are like really well crafted. But just well, I wanted to like say that praise first of all, um, and then lead, adding on to that, then the so the nights in Austin, like that's that's a crazy story. Can you explain like how how much of that? Be honest, how much of that was like okay, I it would be epic if I was like homeless versus you could have like probably bought a hotel and afforded a hotel. Right. So like how, how much of it was, you know, yeah. part, so, part of like living, truly living that experience. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I could have bought a hotel maybe. Um, but one that costs money, which, you know, I was talking about before yep. I'm trying to stretch what I have as long as I possibly can. Um, and because of that, the car crash, I have a $500 deductible with my insurance. I had to pay a $250 uh, moving violation because the crash was my fault. Um, and I, well, I, I'm actually, I still don't have my car. It is, uh, I'm in the process of getting it shipped from Austin, which costs um, almost a thousand dollars. And again, they, these are just like massive, massive hits to my yeah, like, yeah. you know, again, I started with 12 and stimulus uh, is hitting. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> definitely that, that helps. And the, and the tax refunds have really been helping. Um, uh, but yeah, so like however much, a hundred bucks a night or whatever it was uh, to get a hotel, which one would only cover my sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, whereas I, the sleeping in a hammock was actually not that bad. It's warm in Texas. I had my sleeping bag. I really like sleeping in a hammock. It was more so the day to day of like, I, where am I going to cook? I was, we would just like basically camp out at, at, at patios, um, like coffee shops all day, you know, charge your laptops, make videos, whatever. Um, but yeah, so that was, none of that was like, Oh, this would be epic to put on YouTube. But as it was unfolding, I was like, okay, well I have to put this on YouTube. Um, like I filmed the right at, as I crashed my car and it was getting, it was getting towed. I was like, all right, this, I I, I cannot believe what just happened. Uh, but it 
I need to like document it. I need to tell everyone. Um, cause I, I really see my channel as like, hopefully one day I am, you know, some world champion, whatever triathlon. And then you can go back and you can see the progression of me being mm-hmm. an injured runner to switching to triathlon and through, through all these struggles, like the death of my sister. Right. And, and, but I, honestly, like the, um, I was on the phone with my parents and again, I, I think some people think that, um, you know, it might just be like a let's run thing, but like, um, that my parents are supporting all this, like they haven't given me a dime and I will never ask them for a dime. Cause in my mind, if I ask my parents for money and they give me money, that's like me failing. I didn't do it on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm not, I don't come from a family that can just like support me following my dreams. I do have to do it myself. Uh, and I was, you know, my parents are like, man, you know, you, you lost your sister, you crashed your car, you're, you're, you know, going from, you know, you have to worry about, about your dog and just moving your life all across. Like you're having a tough time. And I was like, yeah, but in a way I hope this is not rock bottom because the worse it gets, the better the story gets. It's like, mm-hmm. it's, uh, I wonder how much worse it can get. And, and I had this like totally positive attitude throughout the entire thing. I was like, I don't know how this is going to work out well, but it's just like it's just going to work out well somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was just trying to take it day by day. And the other thing I have one pair of shorts. So <laughs> since I crashed my car, I have worn these same pair of shorts, you know, and I'll wash them. I'll wear running shorts for a bit while they're in the wash. Um, but, uh, and they're not like shit shorts. They're, they're, you know, it's J crew. They <laughs> accentuate my ass. They accentuate my ass really well. <laughs> and, um, uh, but yeah, I have one, I have one pair of shorts and that's what I wear every single day. And I have, I only have two of my soccer jerseys, which is, it's unfortunate. So like the, you know, I'll sh- basically switch off wearing them. Um, but, uh, I mean, what, I guess, yeah, thank you for, for, you know, saying that about the channel, but that, that is my entire sort of perspective of like, I need to tell people what's actually going on. Um, cause I would watch YouTubers and, and like, um, I felt that that was missing. Uh, and so one, one thing I, I was saying to Johnny, I was like, man, you need to film, you need to film me more. Like, why don't you just film everything? He's like, well, I'm afraid if I am always breaking out the camera that our interactions will become too inauthentic. And I was like, dude, I don't change anything mm-hmm. when there's a camera there. I just I th- talk to the person the behind the camera. Would happen. Yeah. Like you're just, yeah. you're just getting like all the unfiltered shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't, I do not, I don't change what I say at all when I'm on camera. And, um, and it's, yeah, it's funny. I'll get DMS where people are like, ah, oh, I love your channel. It's so refreshing. Like it's almost backhanded because people are like, yeah, you always see the, the, the pro runners, everything, you know, they have everything figured out for them. All they have to do is train. It's, it's nice to see someone struggle. Yeah. I'm like, well, it's yeah. like a weird, it's all a weird comes, thing to say. But all like, comes back to the struggle. It's true. Case, Cause it's more, yeah. I mean, it's more relatable. It's like yeah. everyone goes through struggle. Um, so it, it's not as much fun as just see this person who like gets, gets two massages a day and all these free car. Like, that's not like, of course they're going to run fast if that's your full-time thing and you don't have to worry yeah. about all these other issues. So I definitely understand where that's coming from. And if I have one recommendation for you, I want to see more uh, footage of you making beats. Like yeah, I, I want to, yeah. I want to see more behind that process. Cause I think that's I, also crazy. Just I, appreciating like how much work goes into making a video, but then also like adding in that component of it where you're not just making videos and training, of course, but you also the music side of things like, yeah. That's crazy. That's like a lot of, that's a lot of pieces that you're working on simultaneously. 
Well, well, I guess, yeah. So I don't know when this is, uh, when you guys are going to drop this, but it's Monday right now. And I think tomorrow I actually have uh, a beat session filmed Oh, and that I'm going to upload. It's just, it's me it like up. making, it's just like I set a timer for 10 minutes and I was like, okay, 10 minutes, I'm just going to make a beat. Um, and uh, yeah. And so I, I had a GoPro on. So you see me like doing the, um, like doing everything on the, on logic and, and playing the keyboard. And then I had my buddy Nolan just like getting shots with the camera. Um, and it was, it, it's in terms of like ease uh, of getting the content and, um, and, the quality, it's like probably the, the, the best content that I, I can make. And I was like, okay, I need to do this all the time. And I need to just figure out a way to film every, cause it's making beats is my job now, which is a dream because it's like, as I, as I come out with every time I do a workout, I also need to make a new beat base yeah. is my mindset. It's like, I need to have a new beat every time I do a workout. And it's, it's just like, so every time I have free, like, time in between sessions I'm like well what can i do to further my my career and my growth well it's like let's just make a beat which used to be i would skip class to make beats or whatever um and i would kind of feel bad about it and be like oh well, this is not good for my future and now it's my job and i don't i don't technically get paid to make beats but i kind of get paid to make beats in a way um yeah and so i uh, and yeah people have asked like what's your process like and so now i'm just going to start hopefully filming it a lot and that's just like easy content that I can, that I can put out. Um, awesome. and I, I, I kind of think it's not going to do that well. Um, which that doesn't really, uh, push me in any direction. Like when I started uploading bike videos, nobody watched them because it was a full running audience. There, one guy even commented, it got flagged on YouTube. He said, no one gives a fuck about your stupid fucking biking. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, apparently not, but, but that's fine. Like I do. And I but the like easiest, the way it looks, I'm going to upload The it. easiest content to make is just doing shit that you enjoy. So might as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to upload this tomorrow. Um, and yeah, so I don't know when you guys are putting this up, but maybe it'll be up on YouTube by that time. <laughs> For sure. Um, I just need to figure out a thumbnail. All right. People go back. This this will probably drop in a a couple days from when it's recorded. So yeah, people go back, look at that video from Ari and make sure you're subscribed and give them some of that ad money as well. We we need to pump pump up that page. Any other place place that folks can uh, support you for training? things like that. Uh, yeah. So I have a Patreon set up and I upload all, all the beats there as I make them. So every time I drop a video with, uh, with a new beat in it, I'll also put that beat on Patreon and you can, uh, download the beat or, or, I mean, a lot of people I know just are on there. They're like, I don't care about the beats. I just want you to, to keep going. Yeah. Um, sure. which is, which is like, a, a amazing. It's sort of the greatest thing about the channel has been initially, I, I started it as, all right, I hope one day I can have enough ad revenue to support myself. And now it's like, I have real like day ones who are like, I want to see you succeed. Like yeah. hundreds, you know, people like I, I read all the comments. I know everybody's names like at, at this point of like who has been there from the start and the people who are on Patreon. Um, like it's truly this, it's um, like, I'm so, so grateful uh, that people find what I'm doing interesting enough and inspiring enough that they're opening their wallets uh, to help me keep it going. Sure. Um, but yeah, so Patreon, you can get my beats. And I think I'm also going to, uh, drop like a beat tape on Spotify. I'm just like compiled enough, but that's, that's not there yet, I guess. So that's in the future, but, yeah. um, yeah, my awesome. Venmo is just sure. at Ari dash If uh, anybody cares. Hey, yeah, no, that's, that's great. We'll link to, we'll link to all that. Um, sure. I'm curious to close out where, where are you racing next? What's the next triathlon? Um, yeah, so I, 
uh, I guess I didn't touch on this at all. It's very early stages, but I do have uh, a coach. I'm sort of like transitioning over um, to this uh, this guy, James Peterson. He has, a, he has a group based in New Hampshire and he sort of, he actually he was start like recruiting, uh, started recruiting me before um, I had even considered triathlon. He saw my times from college and, but he also, he didn't know I had started biking. Um, and it was just this really weird coincidence that he reached out to me. Um, uh, but his group is in New Hampshire. So for a while I was like, ah, dude, I really like it out here. Like I don't want to move to New Hampshire. Um, uh, but he's a, he's a pretty good salesman. So I think, um, next stop is I'm going to go to New Hampshire for sort of like a training camp with him and his group, learn how to ride a time trial bike. And, uh, I'm going to do the plan rough plan, uh, is, uh, USA triathlon age group nationals as like sort of my, uh, debut, and then uh, probably Ironman seventy point three Maine at the end of August. So like, uh, I still have a lot of a lot of training to do, but hopefully August is when I'll start really uh, racing a bunch. Where, heck yeah! Where are the age group national? Is that? Uh, it's somewhere. I feel like in the Midwest or Northern Midwest. I'm actually not sure. It, years ago. Yeah, I forget. I uh, I should look into it because I guess that's probably my next race. But um, <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, if I don't know if Chicago is in route between where you're at and New Hampshire at all, if if you're driving, but always feel free to hit us up if you're in the Chicago area. Uh, for and, sure, uh, man. Would love would love to meet up with you. But man, best wishes. Uh, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to continue this conversation sure. again. Cause this is yeah, super entertaining. I got like a thousand more questions I want to ask you, but you're the six hour a day training guy now. So you got to go exactly. get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I got to go get, get uh, a little bit better at swimming, but dude, I, I'm getting yeah. my ass kicked in the pool every single day. And I just, <laughs> one day I just hope I can do the workout. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's one way to get better. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to go get better at swimming, but dude, thank you guys so much. Uh, for having me on my first podcast. This was, oh, yeah. I mean, dude, it's literally just shooting shit. This is so much fun. That's yeah. right. That's that's the format. So you you were yeah. perfect. You fit well into it. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Cheers, Ari. Thanks for coming on. Awesome. Enjoy this Thank swim. you, guys. Thanks for having me. Sorry we had to cut it short. Our man Ari had to get a swim in on the day, had to get that sixth hour you know, workout in. So hopefully if you like this episode, let us know and, and we'll recruit Ari into being on his second podcast ever and it'll be back here on the Beer Mile podcast. Yeah, we're happy to have him back. That hour flew by. I feel like we had... I had a thousand other questions I could have asked. And this, this was the least... I like. I wrote up some topics before the show. This is the least... I, I, don't, I never even looked at the sheet because I was yeah. just like... Questions were coming to mind as he was talking. So. Like, la- like last week or... It was probably this this weekend that we that we confirmed that we were booking him today, and I was like, "Oh, well, already in the last two weeks, I like have been watching his YouTube, so kind of already did all the research I needed to up front." That's right. I feel like I know the guy. Getting to see him a couple times a week on his YouTube channel, on his videos. So yeah, make sure you're subscribing to him, watching his videos. Super good quality too. Like attention to detail yeah. on the music, on the drone footage, on everything. So yeah. make sure you check out uh, link in the description. His latest video of his how he produces his beats super hype if you want to support him again if you want to support him on on patreon or well where else is he uh patreon's the place to make patreon place to support or, him but hit him up venmo. on youtube instagram yeah venmo his yeah. website you know hit him up anywhere follow him on spotify as well i follow his music it, it's 
I actually really like his music. I'm yeah. not again. I'm not just blowing smoke here. No, like, I, li- I like his, his style. type of his type of music is what I love to listen to while I'm working, mm-hmm. or you know, if Running. I were if I were studying or whatever. Like that's the type of music that I would be listening to to get in the zone. So, you know, can't can't say enough that you should go uh, check it out, take a listen for yourself. It's good quality stuff. So, beer of the week. Here we are again, another beer review, and this time courtesy of Ryan from Wisconsin. I got to meet him a few weeks back as a part of a Peak Too Early event, Peak Too Early podcast. Uh, if you're not a listener of that, make sure you check that out as well. Great guys. Great uh, covering the sport of track and field and, and running and cross country and everything. But but Ryan sent us some beers, three different ones from a brewery in Wisconsin. And we're going to do one per show and test it live. See how it goes. See how it goes. Never had we this actually, beer before. And we actually got super a excited few, for it. We got a few people on Instagram who reached out to it. We like posted that to our story or something like that. And people responded to us and was like hey like those beers are legit so you guys really talked up uh the yeah, beer we're about to drink so now. i don't know kind of nervous very high expectations going in with all the hype we got but okay so this is an american pale ale what is the percent abv all right we got the 842 pale american ale the the dry hopped american pale ale and it is six percent abv 35 ibus srm6 what is an srm i don't know yikes yikes they're coming up with new acronyms these days right when the ibus aren't enough to measure you get the srms you're gonna do a smell first i just go right in oh it smells good it smells like you're walking into a brewery and you're just like instantly, yeah, I would good, say instantly in good spirits. I would say specifically a brewery. Like sometimes you walk into a bar and you're oh, like, "Ooh, it smells God. like beer in a bad way." Yeah, that this is, is this insane. Is good. This is good shit. And we're not again. I might sound like I'm just ass kissing today with what I said about Ari. You know, praising him multiple times. Like I'm not just kissing ass because this was sent to us by a listener. This is damn good. This is really good beer. I mean, we've been getting better about being more critical of beer. So this is a nice refresher where. It still makes me like remember what it is to really enjoy a beer and not have anything bad to say about it. Right. And Adam can attest to that. Like, so <laughs> it, for those that have been watching the show, I'm not a big fan of IPAs. Also, like historically, not a big fan of APAs either. Like they're, they're fine. I, I prefer them over IPAs, but I'm still more of like a, a wheat or Belgian or Cezanne type of person. Wow. This, this is kind of changing my mind. Here yeah, I think... I think I'm definitely gonna finish one of these before my run. Like that's how good it is. He did give us uh, give us three of them, so I, I mean dibs on two for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair enough. You got the hookup. So. All right, what are we what are we thinking? Um, I feel like we should just combine the categories: taste and drinkability. You think so? I think. But so. isn't it like a uh, you know it's like the product of the two? Is that what we're saying? So now it's on a scale of zero to a hundred. No, 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 no. Oh, like, I thought we were saying, how, like, we'll you know how we do it the... uh, specific for, like, an American pale ale? Right. I feel like we should combine it because good beer is good beer. Oh, so don't do the category specific, but still do taste and drinkability right. separate. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying taste and drinkability into one score and we just. Oh, put it like out. some random cross. Pro- yeah. Well, yeah, oh, yeah. I, yeah. That's what I, that's that's what I thought you were getting into. That's I was really like, confusing. okay, I guess we can do the math on it ahead of time or we could just I'm not, you know, get I'm the not, numbers. I'm so just in general, like, so taste yeah. and drinkability yeah. is what we're going with. What do you want to do first? With this I mean, one? I think so. Uh, an APA typically is 
more about the taste than the drinkability. All right, so let's, let's do go taste. taste. Yeah. Wait, let me eat one more. One more sip. One more sip, y'all. Dude, this is really fucking good. See, this is. This, I'm so glad that this is not barstool because this is not a you know a one sip everyone knows the rules kind of thing. This oh, you is, can't. Uh, How this do you, is uh, yeah. You it's know. a full beer. Everyone this knows is the a, rules. One one six pack. Everyone knows the rules. <laughs> I fucks with Wisconsin beer too. Breweries there, they get the job done. Yeah. Hmm. This is really good. I I'm gonna go. I think I might have to go a nine on taste. Wait, one, one more sip, y'all. Like, I, I feel like I keep having so many sips because I'm trying to evaluate if it's, like, one of the best beers. Like, it's either an eight or a nine. So I, I would for sure say for me, compared to other APAs I've had, it's a 10. For sure. If, but we're sure. not doing that category. I, I would go I would go an eight or a nine. Yeah. It's, I mean... Moving on to the drinkability, like first you said it was six percent. Six percent. Okay, for is six. It free? How for free? Six percent. That's pretty free. That's a fire sale. It's it's totally it's a fire. Okay, okay. That's it's like it's like Ross dress for less. Buy, buying yeah. Nike from Ross dress for less, or buying Calvin Klein from Ross. Yeah. It's like it's like that free. I mean, like if in terms of measuring it by quantity, that I would I would drink like this is a keg beer. It could be a this keg would beer. Yeah. A Typically slap. an APA is not a keg beer, but this could be a keg beer. Oh, keg yeah. ass would be amazing. Yeah. For sure. I could I could play Pong with this. I could play some Rage Cage, Boom Cup, whatever you It feels you like it has it. some sort of versatility to it. Like, we're just sipping on it right now, and that's mm-hmm. cool and fine. But I feel like you could rage with this for sure, and it wouldn't. Mm. Like, it has pretty good drinkability. It's just making me sad. Like, I just miss Raging. being at breweries. Well, that too. But I, mean, <laughs> I just miss being at breweries and, like... It just smells like a good time. Yeah, it smells like know. a like a nice little flight. It does. Yeah. Uh, so what, what did you give it? Sorry, I missed that drinkability wise. Oh, I it? don't know. If oh, I you didn't give it a number. It. Okay, so um, I'll. You, I mean, you go first. I'll go with. It's still not like a. You know, it's still not like a ten, but I, it's at least. I'll, I'll give it an eight. I'll give it an eight. It's pretty strong. I, th- I think I'll go nine on the drinkability. My my X factor is that. I think the drinkability is so high, albeit like there are slightly more drinkable beers, but this one, since it's 6%, I I don't need the extra, you know? So I'm going with nine. I'm really excited to see what the other beers from this brewery bring because this pops off, man. Oshkosh might have to be, uh, I I don't think I've, it's only a couple hours away. Yeah. I don't think I've been there. Maybe when I was younger driving through, uh, yeah, I think it's going to maybe be on the, visit list at some point if, if this if this brewery really pops Dude, off for wisconsin, us wisconsin has some good brewery uh two women another good beer we should probably review that at some point put it on the list ever-growing list uh um, we might just have to do like a, a one-week tour of breweries and places and just do beer reviews for a week that'd be so fun we, we just yeah. need to get someone to drive us around i mean it's, this summer we, we should do that in colorado because there's like you Infinite can, you can yeah. throw a rock and hit four breweries off the ricochet. Yeah, any, yeah, pretty much any city too. Great, man. I'm might need some more. You got it. Fill her up. Ooh. Thanks again, Ryan, for sending this over, sending this our way. We're enjoying it, and we will enjoy the next two on the next two episodes. So much appreciated. Anything else you got to say about this beer? Are we? I think we're good. Done if, talking if, beer again. If if you guys send us shit like this we will we will drink it like if if you're trying to meme on us and you send us a beer that 
we've already tried or like we know tastes bad. Like if you if you sent us a fifth of Malort or something like that. Oh, I actually kind of like Malort. Yeah, fair enough. But <laughs> that was a bad example because that's like both of us are fine kinda, with it. Yeah, yeah. we're we're okay um, with it. But yeah, send us beer. We'll drink it. We'll we'll call it. We'll shout you out on the podcast. Send you some free shit. Uh, hopefully have. Um, I don't know. I don't want to give too much away because we've been working a lot behind the scenes on some of the some of the upcoming shit that we're going to announce. But I think, uh, you know, besides sending beers and having beers together, building a more bigger community, uh, you know, stay tuned. We do have big things in the works. It's hard because you want to like spill your beans, you know, and let people know what all's coming. But at the same time, you don't want to overpromise as well as you don't want to give things away that our competitors might steal. Um, you know, I, yeah. I, I think a pretty good example of that is, you know, sit and kick kind of stealing our idea. Uh, one of these announcement. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to just sound like the sit and kick fanboy podcast, but. Oh, I'm okay with it. So, I mean, sit and kick, you know, they're like this big announcement, like, oh, we got these, we're going to, you buy the Jersey and then we'll reimburse you for the whatever. Did it's like, we, you know, it, it's got. like they like looked in our notebooks and stole from us yeah exactly like legitimately 100 percent uh you know what i'm thinking is we kind of got like good samaritan cucked by sit and kick we were like being funny april fools ha 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 and and sit and kick boys were like yeah actually april fools a is our like that's our podcast holiday official podcast holiday and then b we're actually not going to do an April Fool's and like totally do something good. And then I feel like that got more attention, you know, so kind of got cucked. Sit and kick. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't <laughs> I'm not you know, one to be. Actually, I'm not. I'm not trying to start any beef on this podcast. I take I take back getting cucked because I think. I think that's still like a, a net positive on the sport is is if you don't know they they have among other announcements they are providing race gear if you buy it they will put um i think they said as much as you spend on the racing kit towards uh travel towards whatever else goes into you competing yeah um but they also said that they would have special cases for like you know some folks who are elite who are maybe like between contracts yeah uh so they definitely have big backing from brooks which is which is great to see yeah i mean and now i'm just spouting well, we, out. I am a, we yeah, don't I and we, we don't have we don't have a cap on ours so i mean they basically stole it from our notebook but put a cap on what they give back to people <laughs> wait did you write it in your notebook in my you, google you, doc you took notes listening to their podcast but they stole it right no not listening to their podcast i came up with that before that We've been, we've been, I mean, go back and listen to the Horrible Bosses 3 podcast with uh, Shayla and Bailey. We talk about the running club that we're putting together, the kits, mm. everything else. Yeah, and but, but the uh, the whole idea is that they're like the the trade-off, you know, that's the brilliant pieces. You buy the, the race kit and they'll fund you going to But we're giving away the race kit for free. Yeah, true. You know. Fair enough. Asterisk with, with paid subscription. It's but just a membership. It's a membership. More to come, y'all. Oh, shit. We're still hashing out the details. Beep. 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 Yeah, uh, more to come start, on that, y'all. Start talking about things. We're, we're, get, we're getting some things figured out on our side. We we're loose, excited. We get loose lips after one beer. Loose lips and thick hips over here at the Beer Mile Podcast. <laughs> the boys are juicy. Juicy-ass snacks over here. Uh, and, you know, Blue Moon is going to sponsor this racing team. 
Mark, mark my words. Mark my words. If you're if you're one of our listeners out there and you happen to be a graphic designer or have created racing kits before, have any ideas on the type of clothing we shoot, whatever it is, hit us up as well. Uh, we are definitely open to designs for a racing kit as well as brands for yeah. the actual, you know, the supplier. And of we're not clothing. and we're not cheap bitchers. A we want we want the supplier to be really nice. Like we want you to feel like you're racing and you're I mean, premier. do we even need to preface with we're not no, cheap? Okay, not look really. at look at let's look at the facts. Okay. Let me just lay out the facts really quick. This, Jesus Christ. You're getting me heated right lawyer, now. Lawyer this Chris. might have to go in the intro because I'm getting heated. Okay. So <laughs> what other podcast put up a fifteen hundred dollar prize purse for athletes at a race? What what one ever? Hmm. Huh. 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 Who who has put up any money? That's a good point. Who has put up any money? I like there? how you're you're like you're like, arguing like, okay, so against me. <laughs> so, so it's like, I mean, okay. So to, to be totally like actually serious, what Sin Kick is doing is awesome to yeah. be totally serious. But in my joking beef way, I'm saying you guys are like, oh, we're going to reimburse you for the cost of the jersey. I'm like, we threw up $1,500 for in prize yeah. money on top of paying to sponsor the race. And we didn't like, I think, you know. Yeah. make a big deal out of it yeah that's all i i mean we kind of again did. that that is like literally i'm actually for once saying that's actually a joke because i can never tell if people know when we're joking or not and i appreciate uh, what they're doing but, but, well, I'm, I, but i am serious in saying what other running podcasts good, like all, all these podcasts say that actor, all these podcasts say they're like we're, we're supporting the sport we're doing this we're supporting the athletes we, we are we're literally trying to like we're, yeah. we admit we have room to grow just like everyone else does but we are I mean, literally trying to support the athletes by actually throwing up cold hard money that we do not have in the checking account for Beer Mile Media. Just yeah, just throwing fair. that out there. That's fair. I, I think, um, yeah, depending on how you measure like doing good for the sport, what's better? Like, because essentially there's like, you could think of it as internal versus external money. If you have money flowing, that's like just through either like merch or your already existing fan base. Is that as good as like working a day job and siphoning out corporate money in terms of a salary to pump into running. I don't know. I, you're you're my you're my shining white knight. I mean that is a good point. I I don't know. Like it, is the ideal business model for helping with track to make a bunch of money in an actual job that you can repurpose, or is it to find a way to make money? within the sport that gets repurposed. Oh, that's, that's the law. That's the long play is making within the, sport the sport large enough to where right, it doesn't right. matter. But right now I feel like it's hard to do because I mean, part of the problem, you know, I mean, I don't know. There's no secret that like not many people like specific people within the running world, either athletes or media or whatever, they don't make like a ton of money. It's not like sure, a super yeah, lucrative yeah. thing. Uh, like the CEO of Tracktown or Nike or whatever, uh, USATF. Yes. Lucrative, but that's a few people in the world. So, at this point, yeah, it is higher paying to be in a different industry and then repurpose oh, yeah, the money. For sure. But the idea would be that there would be a way to aggregate, like crowdsource, whatever it is, money to be able to re be repurposed. Or just brands, like big brands just believing in it enough, having the right format where they're getting a return on their investment for sponsoring yeah. a series, a, a league, whatever I think. It is. I think, yeah, the league, kind of what we talked with Ari today, is a great start. What I was, I was actually, and we'll, we'll probably have another podcast that's dedicated solely to this topic. But as I guess this is kind of like your preview to that, 
I think one of the main issues is like brand exclusivity and, um, you know, like the Olympic Games, everyone's wearing the Nike USA kit. Um, so really, in order for brands to be able to like bet on themselves and their athletes and like increase what they're putting into the sport, they need to be able to do that in the first place, um, which is which is lacking. But here come Adam and Chris on the horse and carriage, bringing you the crystal slipper. It's it's more like it's so there's like, yeah, there's a Cinderella version. And then there's like the pass out drunk in the back of a fucking horse wagon Uber, Chris and Adam. That's that's actually reality. And we have like a little sack of gold coins from the king. Say, hello, here's your sack <laughs> of gold. So <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> hey, we'll figure it out. But at least we're getting you the money, you know. We, we have put up more money than most people have. All these, I, I'm, end of end of the rant after this. I no. promise. We got so many people out there complaining. Oh, th- we, we need to do this for the sport. We need to do that for the sport. We need to do that for the sport. But is anyone actually willing to pony up their own money? Very rarely. Very rarely. I think there there have been. A, I mean, I, I'm forgetting the name. I actually have their names written down on the on the sheet of all the things that I was like writing. I was like brainstorming about this topic. Um, but a, f- a few high-profile athletes, either like current or former, have put up their own money on, like, in terms of building a, a purse. Um, for sure. What else is it? Also, for us, I think a lot of people think that we're just like, like gazillionaires. No, they don't. Come on. No, no, no dude. People, people think that Nobody we make a lot of money. Well, I mean, we do make a lot of money compared to people in the running, running world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, in terms of our, okay, in terms of percent, like, percent uh, income over the year, like, sponsoring a race for $1,500 isn't, like, free for us, comparatively. Oh, I see what you're Percentage-wise. Yeah, no, like, people, oh, people think, like, as Beer Mile Media, we bring oh, money. Is people, that what you're saying? Dude, people think, well, Beer Mile Media and you and I personally are, like, extraordinarily wealthy i would say like like i mean you gotta remember y'all that we're 24 and 28 so yeah you know like yeah even if we do make good money compared to what someone would in the running world like we we, we're young we got we got time we got to build up you know we got okay i've got to do work the issue is you're you're getting me like kind of fucking amped uh we can put up like on the green screen my student loan number well it's and that well that's the point too it's Like, like i could put $1,500 $1,500 up for like a race because I think it's not a, not like quite right. a good investment per se. Cause like technically it's not right. Um, but just, I don't know for like namesake or like to keep, keep the lights on for some of these smaller running events. Like, fuck it. I'd much rather do that than pay off like a thousand dollars of my like $60,000 in student loans. And, well, that's that is the point. So, like, just because you have a high salary doesn't necessarily mean you have a lot of disposable income. Because with, that's and that, and that was my sure. point. That was yeah, my point saying sure. we're young is like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you have you yeah, have like you so in your case, student loan debt, like mortgage payments. Yeah, you know, like there, there's expenses. So it's like if you made our salary when we're 40, sure, like That'd you have a lot great. of disposable income because you have you don't ideally at that point you don't have debt, but like yeah. when you're young, you typically typically have debt. And so that that's what that was my point in saying we're young and that just because your salary number may be high and it looks like you're like able to you're throw bags it. around. I mean, we we are crushing it, let's be honest. We're crushing it. But 
but there, but it's not like we have like endless cash flow to just throw around. That's well, yeah, I mean, if we did, then we would sponsor every single race. Of course, of course. If we're, yeah. if if we're, I mean, this. that's the goal. I mean, to have that, to have some some big money, yeah. and just be able to be like, no, like I'm buying this race. That's, like, yeah, I guess that's like half the point of the ranch is like if we're this like driven into like putting money into the sport. Imagine what we would do if we actually had money. Like like real big that's, big money. That's kind of crazy. It, I mean, not if it's we're, win. Yeah, it's well, because we're obviously like uh, c- compared to you know some like brand CEOs and other people who are in more lucrative spots of the running industry, we're not keeping a whole lot for ourselves. <laughs> I mean, Beer Mile Media, not not even close to profitable. <laughs> We got a little ways to go, y'all. Um, you know, maybe in like five years. Uh, but you know, but also we do, you know, some tailwinds for us. Like like a lot of CEOs, we don't have two families. <laughs> you know, you, <laughs> we don't have six houses. Oh. We don't have six cars. Um, you know, five Dude, five I, five baby mamas. We don't have that. You know, we, we to, got some we got some tailwinds. If that I have to buy us. a second car, I'm gonna be upset. <laughs> We're like, oh man, why gosh. did I sponsor this a race? Is getting wild. I could have fucking <laughs> just man. made my down payment instead of sponsoring another race. Man, but if, I'll probably do it again. If you made it this far, because this is deep, we are we are deep in the bone zone at this point. <laughs> in that five star Apple review, let's. The topic is Bones, um, bone financial bone zone. Yeah, how about the t- yeah? The topic is something financial related. So give get oh okay, just give us a stock pick. That's the review for this week. Ooh. Like your 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 five star Apple review or your comment. If you're on YouTube, just comment below. Uh, just give us what is what is the investment? What's your ticker? Like, like let's we're gonna put let's put a thousand dollars into something that by next year is hopefully at like five thousand, so that we can have a bigger price purse for the for the sport. So give us what that. What it does, actually it doesn't have to be a it's like literally any investment is it art is it whatever if, like what if is you it? say nfts I, I was just about to say it could be but don't say that because we're not doing that it could be like whatever buy this i don't even know what buy these beanie babies oh look how well that went yeah okay thanks grandma so actually i guess in reality it is just like stocks or yeah. crypto but tell us what we should invest it in dogecoin to the moon nah thanks for listening nah. All right, I think that's it. Last thing to call out here. So destination race, if you're looking for one, think about Cody, Wyoming. It's very close to Yellowstone. Uh, and I know they're the race director for a number of races there. Uh, it's the run Cody. So run Cody Y.com. So R-U-N-C-O-D-Y. And then, you know, Wyoming's abbreviation is W-Y. Well, W-Y instead of just Y. Well, yeah, that's true. I, yeah. I, I said it like it looks like. Um, <laughs> run Cody W-Y.com. They have 10K half marathon as well as though in the summer in July, they have a beer mile. Oh, hell yeah. And this is a great place to hit up for destination race. You know, a lot of people are into like, you know, the Disney World uh, half marathon marathon, the all these different national park destination races. Run Cody, Wyoming has an amazing location for destination race. Great climate, great weather, great town. Definitely check that out. So runcodywy.com. Make sure you're taking a look at that for your next destination race. Also, just like relatively low cost of travel. Yeah, surprisingly. Surprisingly. And then also awesome after party. So all the money from the race is invested in the after party. It's full on beer. It's full on rager all day after the race. As it should be. Hell yeah. 100%. So make sure you're checking that out as well. Highly recommend that race series. 
Anything else that we have to close out? What's the word of wisdom, word of advice to the listeners for this week? I mean, obviously the triple L is still in effect permanently. We've uh, got the don't don't start drinking if you still have to work out because I'm I gotta go do that now and I'm kind of bummed because that beer the beer was flowing. It, yeah, well, some of us got up early this morning to get their run in because they knew they'd be enjoying a fifth ward brewing company beer later in the day hmm. so plan in advance kids plan in advance this is just a beautiful little outro here just putting my, everyone in a nice relaxed state my calves are tensing uh by like how cringy that was let's breathe in for four seconds oh god uh, now One, i'm two, now i'm triggered Let's breathe out. Hot take. Hot take. Calm. Or like whatever app you're quoting. I don't think it works. Breathe in for four seconds. One. Do you feel your toes? They're just weightless. Do you feel your legs? They're absolutely weightless. Oh my God. I hate this so much. I'm sorry, listener. Let's inhale for four seconds. We're going to have to run this by Jack because she's probably going to like lose a fucking. Let's hold for four seconds. Let's hold for four seconds. All your all of your anxious thoughts, they're just disappearing. Let's hold for four seconds. Let's let's exhale. One, I wanted to make a joke about two, uh three, what's four. the D and D character for fucking sit and kick? Gobby. We should we should make a meme on Instagram of us signing Gobby. I don't know what a Gobby is. He's a little gnome with oh. a with a boomerang. You gotta keep up with their show, man. They're, we're basically we're gonna acquire them one day, so sit and kick? Yeah. But like they don't have any listeners that we don't have so like well no that's you know, a lot so, they're, okay, they're parents so, oh that's true I well no Miss Ribich Mrs. Ribich told me she follows us Ms. Ribich boy <laughs> Mrs. Ribich uh, yeah I mean I guess so like I don't know what the value is so like we're at what 10,000 listeners per episode there are probably a couple hundred so like what's the value in a couple hundred <laughs> listeners I don't know Can, what's your um can you do like uh, an impersonation of Josh Kerr closing out the podcast? Probably not on the spot with the accent, but uh, um, fu- oh, let's do fun facts. Ask me, ask me a fun fact about me. <laughs> hey, Chris, what's a what's a fun fact about you? I'm circumcised. <laughs> 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 <laughs>